Alright, go ahead and take your Bibles today and go to the book of Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. So I'm so thankful for what the Lord has done here in the last couple of years. And I tell you, you've all just been a huge blessing and an encouragement to my heart. And I mean, just your faithfulness. And I, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate it and what it means uh, to me, to just it's very humbling. And uh, I was talking with Brother Sean about it. It's like you know, people they come every week, you know, out of obedience. It's out of obedience to the Lord, and I don't take that lightly. And I, it's always my desire to give you something from the Word of God. Of course, what the Lord wants uh, is the most important thing, but something that really is a, a help to you and that can make a difference. And I was trying to think about you know what. To, preach about today and for our second anniversary and just a question came to my mind that you know it comes to my mind often about how we do things as a church and also how I do things as an individual but it's a question that I want all of you to ask yourself today and something we need to ask ourselves as a group here in a church and that is are we pleasing God are we pleasing God in what we do Tom, if you can go back and turn that down just a little bit, I'm getting a little bit of ringing here. We are we've kind of changing up some of the stuff around here with the sound and trying to get some of the bugs worked out of it. Pretty soon we're going to be having a uh, projector uh, put in here, and um, I was kind of hoping maybe have it this week and kind of show some uh, pictures and videos and things from the last two years, but we're going to have to save that for another day. But kind of give you something to look forward to there. I think you'll enjoy that, but um, but I was I was really thinking. I was like, "Are we pleasing God at this church?" And when I said that, I I'm not talking about are we pleasing God and how we run our services and in how we run our church um, because obviously those things are very important. I think that we're you know we're doing our best there. But what I, what I was really thinking about was um, are we pleasing God as the people because it's the people that are important. You know, it's one thing if we come here every week and we do everything by the book and we do everything right, but then everybody goes home and lives like the devil. Well, then really, what good are we doing? What are we really accomplishing? You know, has Liberty Baptist Church contributed to more good being done in the world? Have we contributed to less evil being done in this community? And hopefully we're doing some of those things. And I was I was just trying to think about some of that, just meditating on that a little bit. You know, I was talking to somebody this week. I'm, I can't remember who it was, but it might have been you, Brother Sean, or Brother Lonnie, I can't remember. But I said, you know, one of the things we don't do anymore is we never just sit down and wonder about anything. Now, like my wife, sometimes you'll be driving along and we'll just be like, you know, I wonder what causes this to happen. You know, maybe something in nature. And you know, and then you just kind of think about it. You know, you don't ever really find an answer. Well, my wife, what she does, she gets on her phone and goes on Google and types in, "Hey, you know, what causes this?" And then she reads it back to me. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and and that's just kind of how we are these days. You know, we've got the answers just right there for everything. But you know, we don't we don't really get in these deep discussions that much anymore. But I want to re- I want to read this one story to you that I thought was pretty good. Where about there was three guys just kind of having one of those deep intellectual discussions one time and just wondering uh, what people would say about them when they die. 
Because you know that day is going to come for all of us where we pass on and we have a funeral and everybody's going to come for us and they're all going to be talking about us. And these three friends from a local congregation were asked, when you're in your casket and friends and congregation members are mourning over you, what would you like them to say? Well, one said, I'd like to have them say that I was a wonderful husband, a fine spiritual leader, and a great family man. The next person said, I'd like them to say that I was a wonderful teacher and servant of God who made a huge difference in people's lives. And the third one said, I'd like for them to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> but you know, we don't have those deep intellectual discussions much anymore, thinking about things. You know, you don't you don't talk about it, and you know, and there are some things that you know the answer is not always right there in black and white. There's some questions that you can't really just go on Google and find out the actual answer to. And the question I want to ask everyone today is are we pleasing God? Are we pleasing God? You can't go on Google and say, hey, you know, is Tommy McMurtry pleasing God? And find out the answer on that. We've got to go to the scriptures to find out if we're pleasing God. And in Revelation chapter four verse 11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. For God's pleasure. God is the one who made us. Okay, You didn't make yourself. God made us. God's the one that made this world. It was made for His pleasure. When you make something, you make it for your pleasure. Those of you that know how to cook, when you cook, you know you cook mainly usually for your pleasure, maybe your family's pleasure, because it pleases you to please your family. Most of you, you don't go and make the type of food that you hate the most. I went and I made myself some steaks the other day on the grill, and I was like, you know what? I'm making these ones. My wife doesn't always appreciate when I eat onions, but I was the one making the steaks. And so I went and I took some onions and I cut them up on there and cooked them on the there on the steak and the grill. Man, it just it just adds to it. Onions just they help everything except for marriages. <laughs> but uh, I I did it for my pleasure because I was making it. I made mine a little bit rare because that's what pleases me. I was making one for my wife. I made hers well done because that's how she likes it. And when we and God's the one who made us. And we were made not for our own pleasure, but for his pleasure. And if we are doing everything by the book in here, and what's really important is what's going on when you leave this place. If we're not pleasing God, then all of this is really just a waste of time. And I hope we're not wasting time here. I don't think we are wasting time here. But I want us to look in the Scriptures and see how we please God. And of course, the greatest example in the Bible of everything is always Jesus Christ. But you know, I want to look at... Well, I'm just going to reference it. In Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized. I love that story because we have John preaching about repentance of sins. And preaching and having people that are coming and being baptized. And Jesus Christ shows up to be baptized. And John's thinking, why are you coming to be baptized? You should be baptizing me. You're the sinless Son of God. I'm not even worthy to unloose your shoe. And Jesus Christ suffered it so to be. Because He was doing it to fulfill all righteousness. He was doing it to set the example 
for all of us and He was baptized. And after He did, the Holy Spirit descended upon Him like a dove. And you hear God say, this is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I think everyone, every son, they want to please their father. There's something inside them that wants to do that. Boy, we ought to want to please God the Father. But you know, with Jesus, He pleased God when He fulfilled all righteousness. When He was doing, when He began the work of God. That was the beginning of Jesus' ministry when He got baptized. We don't read about Him doing any miracles or anything special before that baptism. But notice ultimately what that was leading to. It was leading to the cross. And this verse, it just blows my mind because here we have God the Father sending His Son, Jesus Christ, to die a horrible death and pay for our sins. But in Isaiah chapter 53, which is all about Jesus Christ, a prophetic Scripture hundreds of years before Christ came, notice what it says about Jesus Christ. It says, "...yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. He hath put Him to grief." And that when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. When Jesus Christ died for our sins, the Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Now, why would it please God to see his son beat like that? Because, the only reason I can think of, because of us. God loved us that much. He knew we couldn't get to heaven on our own good works. He knew we couldn't pay the sacrifice for our sins, but He knew His Son could. He knew He could handle it. And it pleased the Lord to bruise Him so we wouldn't have to die and go to hell. I mean, that right there shows us how much God loves us, what He did for us, and we were created for His pleasure. He wants, we ought to want to please Him. And the first thing that we need to do to please God is give our hearts to Him for salvation. Call on Him for salvation. Galatians 1.15 says, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen immediately I conferred, not with flesh and blood. It please God to save your soul. I mean, we talk about this all the time and it's absolutely true that you don't deserve to be saved. You deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. I deserve it. We talk about that all the time and it's absolutely true that our sin, I mean, it's wicked. We're filthy in the eyes of God. But yet, it pleases Him to save us. It pleases Him when we call on Him and ask Him for forgiveness. Have you ever, maybe when you were a child, your parents told you, maybe you were having a conflict with your brother or your sister and they made you all apologize. And then they made you forgive each other. And maybe you forgave them, but you didn't really want to. Maybe even as an adult, you've forgiven somebody. Maybe because the Bible said to. You didn't really want to forgive them. You did it. You told them it was okay, but it kind of left a bad taste in your mouth because what they did was really bad. But the Bible says when God forgives us, it pleases Him. He's pleased by that. He's you know people they put words in our mouth, and because we preach and we believe on hell, is they act like we believe in this vengeful God up there just waiting to cast people in hell and to throw lightning bolts at people. No, our God is pleased to forgive. And wants to forgive. It's not everybody wants it. Not and God's not pleased with that. 
Not everybody wants salvation. But God is pleased when you get saved. When you get, if you're, and if you're coming to this church, I don't care if we could be the perfect church and how a service is run and what's preached from the pulpit, but if we've never received Christ as our Savior, then God's not pleased. And that's the most important thing to be done is the salvation of your soul. That time when you call on God for salvation, you realize, I can't get to heaven by my own good works. My only way of getting to heaven is by the grace of God. I was reading a story yesterday, just kind of one of these situations, you know, just just uh, you know, heaven jokes. And this guy, he goes to heaven. And he's there standing at judgment. And he said, the only way you're going to get into heaven is you've got to have 50 points. He's like, well, 50 points, that doesn't sound like too many. And so he says, well, he's like, start talking about yourself. Let's see how many points you get. He's like, well, I was a good husband. I was married to my wife for 50 years. I was faithful to her. I never cheated on her. Well, so that's, that's good for two points. It's like, two points? For all that? It's like, oh, man. So he's like, well, I tell you, I was a faithful church member. I gave my tithes and offerings every week. I went to church my whole life. I never caused any problems in the church. For my whole life, and the Lord said that good. That's good for one more point. One point. Oh man, what am I going to do? He's like, well, I was I was a very honest man. I never cheated anybody. I was kind in all my business dealings. I gave to the poor. I I was just I was a decent person. That's great. That's two more points. Come on, only five points. The only way I'm going to be able to make it into heaven now is by the grace of God. And you know what? That's true. Because we all fall short of the glory of God. And you can do good works and that's fine. God's pleased with those good works, but they're not going to get you into heaven. You only get into heaven by calling on God for salvation. And that's what we've got to do if we want to please God is get saved. The second thing we can do to please God, go to Hebrews chapter 11. I want you to look at this. Hebrews chapter 11. One of the most, I think, one of the most interesting characters in the Bible. He's mentioned very little in the Bible. We know very little about this person, but what we do know about him is pretty good. And in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse five, it says, "By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God." Enoch, seventh from Adam. We read about him in the book of Genesis. It's going through the genealogies and it mentions this man who the Bible says, all it says about him really is he walked with God. And then it says, and he was not, for God took him. God translated him. Or kind of like he, uh, that word translation, it's like he changed him, like what's going to happen to us in the rapture. Those of us who are saved, the Bible says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, one of these days we're going to be like Christ, for we shall see Him as He is. And when it happens, it's going to happen quick. We're going to be like Christ. And when that happens, there's going to be no point in staying around here. We're going to be in heaven. How it's going to work, I don't know exactly. But we, Enoch, I believe, is a picture of the rapture. And he pleased God. And God's like, you know what? I'm not even going to let this man see death. I'm going to take him. And God took him. And we see in Hebrews, it's because he pleased God. But the only thing the Bible says in Genesis about him is that he walked with God. And one of the ways that we please God is by walking with Him. And I want to ask you, are you walking with God? Do you have a personal relationship with God? Do you read your Bible? 
Are you reading the Scriptures? Are you asking, not just reading it so you can say you read it. Are you looking at it, taking your time, and asking God to speak to you? Lord, give me something from Your Word. Lord, show me something in my life that needs to change. Lord, show me something that I could be doing better. Maybe something I'm leaving out. Maybe there's a commandment in there I've never even heard about. That I'm not following. Lord, I don't want there to be anything between me and You. That, that You're walking with them. Having that relationship. Are you praying? Well, I hope you're praying more. That's one thing I want. I hope our church is a praying church. I hope our people are praying people. Not just when we need something. But we're walking with God. We have a communication. There's a relationship. There's something going on where we speak to Him and He speaks to us. Not in an audible voice, but He shows us things. Maybe something in nature. Maybe something in just life experiences that give us wisdom, that help prevent us from making some of the big mistakes out there. God can speak to you through the preaching of the Word of God. There's so many ways that God can speak to you. And He does it when we're walking with Him. And in Genesis, the Bible says Enoch walked with God. He had this relationship with God. We see in verse 6, right after that, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I don't believe that Enoch had necessarily any special or extra ability to communicate with God that we don't have. I believe that he just had faith, which is what we're supposed to have. He was he was seeking for God. He was looking for Him. He was looking for God's guidance. Are we looking? Are we paying any attention? Most people today, it seems that they don't even want to know what it is that God expects and what it is that God wants from their life. But Enoch, he, he walked with God. I believe he had those times, I'm just assuming, where he... Maybe just went out and got alone and prayed. Maybe for hours. Who knows? Maybe even days. Or he just wanted to get alone with God and just and meditate. Think about God. Look at His creation. And just maybe just sometimes praise God. And he had this... There was this fellowship that he had. He saw things that maybe others didn't see because he was paying attention. Because he was diligently seeking Him. And he was doing it by faith. Same way we do. We pray... We talk to God and we don't see Him, do we? We don't see Him, but we we believe He hears us. That's faith. When we're reading God's Word and we see things that maybe kind of seem to leap out of the pages at us, even though we don't necessarily audibly hear God, we can't record it, play it back for somebody so they can we can prove to them that God was talking to us. We believe in our hearts that God is speaking to us, that it is God guiding us in this situation. When you have a difficult decision to make, do you go to prayer to God believing that He hears what you're praying, believing that He can speak to you and wants to speak to your heart and give you guidance on what to do. God can do that. And God is pleased when we have that relationship with Him. Some people don't like the faith thing. They would rather go pray to a statue. Something they can see. Something they can look at. They would rather go to a preacher and say, you know, just you give me forgiveness. You give me a blessing. You know, you pray for me and listen to me. We can pray for it. But you know, you can do it yourself too. And we can't forgive your sins. That's between you and God. But people, they don't want to do this faith thing. I don't like that. 
I, this salvation by grace through faith, I, I think you have to do works. I think you got to do. I think you've got to do something good. You know what that is? That's a lack of faith. And the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And we, our goal is to please God. We, so we ought to. You need to be saved. You need to be walking with God. Another thing we know about Enoch. The only other time he's mentioned, he's, his name's mentioned in the Chronicles when they're going through the genealogies, but he's also mentioned in Jude. Jude, uh, the book right before Revelation, there's just one chapter in it. And in verse 14, um, it, mentions, it mentions Enoch. And something that he did. Something that it, and something that we don't really like to do. Something that the world's telling us Christians shouldn't do. But we see that Enoch did it. And here we have a man that we know pleased God, so I can only assume that Enoch doing this pleased God. But verse 14 it says, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of His saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against Him. You know what Enoch was doing right there? One, he was preaching against sin. Notice how many times the word ungodly was used in there. He preached against sin and he warned of coming judgment. He warned. You know what that he was talking about there? That was the Battle of Armageddon. Enoch knew about the Lord returning someday and judging this earth. He knew about it from that walking with God and he warned people about it. We need to warn people about the destruction of sin. We need to warn people about the consequences of a life without Christ and a life without salvation. We need to warn people about that. I know they don't want to necessarily hear it. I know it doesn't make people comfortable. I know we live in a world today where they're trying to get sinners to come out of the closet and they're trying to get Christians to stay in the closet. But we are supposed to be warning people about coming judgment. And that's exactly what Enoch did. And it Enoch pleased God. And at this church, you know, we preach against sin. Why? Because it pleases God. And we need to make sure that we're living it too. That is the most important thing. It's one thing if we're all preaching it and everybody's amening it and we're all excited talking about it here in church. You know how easy it is to do right and it is to think right in church? It's just, I don't know, it's just easy. Well, boy, it's another thing when you go outside these doors. And are we living the same thing on the outside? Are we pleasing God? Another thing we see that pleases God in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says, but to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. God's pleased with us communicating. Now what's that talking about? Is He talking about our verbally speaking to each other? Is this talking about God... Uh, you know, So when we talk to each other on the phone and we're communicating with others... Are we pleasing God? No, what this is talking about, this word communicate, it's the same word we talked about last week when Paul was talking about no church communicated with me and he was referring to, except for them, the giving that they did towards missions. When we give to others, when we share with others, the Bible says of such sacrifices, God is well pleased. 
You know, back before Christ, they would sacrifice lambs as an atonement for sin. I mean, they uh, they'd sacrifice goats and things. That's what they used for their livelihood. That was uh, you know their farm animals. They would use for wool and the goats they could use for milk and different things. And they would sacrifice. They would do without something. They would want to give something back to God. And one of the ways that God wants us to sacrifice, just like God was pleased with those sacrifices back then, He's not now because Jesus Christ made the final sacrifice for sin, but God is pleased when He sees us sacrifice for the needs of others. That pleases God. Of such sacrifices, God is well pleased. But to do good and to communicate... Forget not. Let's not forget about this. Let's not forget about those that are struggling out there. Let's pay attention to the needs of others. When we see an opportunity, let's take advantage of that opportunity. Do something about it. Because is it because we want to help them? Is it because we want to solve all their problems? No, you're not going to solve all their problems. You know, there's you can go and hand somebody a twenty dollar bill that needs it. It's not going to solve all their problems. You can buy them some groceries. It'll solve a problem. You know, sometimes there's been times I've done things for people. Maybe one time and you didn't do it the second time. They get really mad at you. Boy, you were a hero one day. A week or two later, you were a villain. They're not pleased. I'm not trying to be mean, but you know, really, who I'm seeking to please in these things, I'm trying to please God. Because that is God is well pleased with that. When He sees you helping somebody that's down and out, when He sees you somebody helping somebody that's worse off than you, maybe somebody that you think is maybe lower than you, somebody you think maybe is undeserving, when God sees you, just cast that aside. Forget about whether they deserve it or not. Forget about who they are and who you are. When you just say, you know what, I just want to be a blessing and I want to help them. That pleases God. You know why? Because it reminds him of himself. Because that's what he did for us when he saved our souls, isn't it? We were far below him. We weren't deserving. But he cast that all aside and said, you know what? I'm going to help them out anyway. And it reminds him of him. We are, we're all pleased with our children when we see them doing things, good things that remind them of us. You know, that's my boy. Just like, he's just like his dad. You know, when they do something bad, <laughs> Stop acting like your mother. You know, we, we, we've all we've all done that before. But we're always impressed when we see things that from our children, good things that remind them, remind us of ourselves. And when we are helping those who maybe don't deserve it, when we are sacrificing for others, people that can't give anything back to us of such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And that's what, boy, we've got to make sure we keep our focus on that. We get way too caught up in ourselves. And as a result, we're not pleasing God. And if we're not pleasing God, then what are we even doing here? We need to be pleasing God. And then the last thing we need to look at, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, For as the body is one, and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Everybody in here, you've got one body, but there's several parts to it, aren't there? And if you're missing a part, it's no fun, is it? 
And if you're, one of the parts isn't working right, it's no fun. All, all those parts are important. You know, you, we could, we could you know, cut off both your arms and both your legs and you could still live. But it wouldn't be as good, would it? But you could still live. But are they not important? No, they are very, every part of the body is important. Verse 13 says, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. As a church, we are one church right here, but we're many members. There's, we have, there's one church, but there are many responsibilities. There's many parts. There's many tasks. There's many uh, things that need to be done. Verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where were the smelling? And now with God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. God's got you here for something, and whatever it is, when you're doing it, you're pleasing God. If Sometimes everybody wants to be the same part. If you all saw me out walking down the street one day and I'm walking sideways everywhere I go, I'm walking sideways. And you're like, why are you walking sideways? It's because I want to be able to see where I'm going. But then wouldn't you need to walk forwards? My ear decided it wants to be the eye now. And so this is how I have to this is how I see. That's stupid. Alright? That's kind of what God's trying to say right here. And because it, and what happens sometimes in churches, God places people where it pleases them. If I was to go and get a surgery and remove my nose and have it put where my ear is and have my ear put where my nose is, and you know they're doing some crazy surgeries these days, they could probably do that if they wanted to. But I'd be one weird-looking person, and I would be—I mean, it would be—it'd be pretty messed up if we started doing things like that. And what happens sometimes? People—they like, you know what? I know God wants me doing this, but I want to do something else. But God has put you where it pleases Him. And where that is for everybody, you know, I don't know that. That's something that you've got to figure out between you and God. What is it that God wants from me? If we were all the, if, can you imagine a church with all pastors? I mean, good night. Can you imagine that battle every week, figuring out who's going to preach? You know, it, it, it'd get ugly. I, just, I don't think that would work. Imagine if everybody in the church was members and didn't have a pastor. We all just had to come and sit. And we don't have a pastor, so we got to do our part. You know, hey, you need all of it, don't you? I mean, I, I, like I said, I thank God for all of you. I'm glad we've got people that come and that sit in the services and they get involved. I'm glad we've got ushers and nursery workers and and singers and I mean, just all the different things out there. People that help clean the church and mow the lawns and and give in the offering and I mean, all of that. People that go and are just telling other people. I mean, they're inviting their family members, inviting their friends. I mean, there are so many things, and I there's so many more that we can name and talk about. And God has something that's specifically for you. And God's put you here in a place as it pleases Him. You know, I'm maybe it's just we're used to it, but I'm glad God set the body up the way we way He did. I'm glad we were made to walk on our feet. And not our hands. That would be uncomfortable. And it wouldn't work out very good. But God set things up in a good way as it pleased Him. And God has put you here 
And He's got something for you. And when you are doing what it is He wants you to do, when you're in the place where God wants you to be, it's pleasing God. When God sees that church working together, and He sees just the the different areas where people are getting involved and working, God looks at that and He's pleased by it. It makes Him happy. It brings joy to His heart. And that ought to be our desire to please our God. That's why we were created. Why are we here? Well, we are here because billions and billions of years ago, matter collided with each other. Big bang. You went from goo to zoo to you. Let's say, you know, amoeba, monkey. No. God created us for His pleasure. And I don't know about you, but I want I want to know my purpose in life, and I want to I want to do it. I want to serve my purpose. I want to please God. I want to do what God wants me to do because that is where I will be happiest. And when I'm doing what I've been created to do, when I'm doing what God wants me to do, and as at Liberty Baptist Church, I hope that the people in this church, which is what the church is, this building's not the church. It's the people that are the church. I hope we're pleasing God. I hope we're pleasing God more today than we were two years ago. And I hope next year we're pleasing God more. And as the years go on, I hope that there's more and more of all these things talking about going on. I hope there's more people that are walking with God. More people getting saved. More people that are warning of coming judgment. Speaking against sin. Abstaining from those things. More people that are sharing with others. More people that are serving the purpose that God has given them. If we'll do that, God is going to look and God's going to smile on what's going on here. And you know what God tends to do with those who are pleasing Him? Well, same thing we do with those who please us. He does good to them. He blesses them. You've all done before. Maybe your children did something that pleased you and you rewarded them with something. We all like rewards, don't we? Well, let's please God. So let's all stand together.